Welcome to Manager Tools. Teaching Decision-Making, the Responsibility Ladder, Part 3. Here we go. This cast answers these questions. How can I teach my directs how to make decisions on their own? How can I help my directs make better decisions? How can I help my directs learn how to take responsibility for projects? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. If you enjoy our guidance about the management trinity, getting to know your people, talking about performance, asking for more, pushing work down, and our tools are helpful, one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, and delegation. The ideal way to learn about implementing them is to come to one of our effective manager conferences. One day, we cover all of the major topics. You practice feedback, you practice coaching, you practice delegation. I can't tell you the number of times people have said to us, wow, I thought I understood the tools. And then when I had to practice, I realized I've taken it to another level. Come to the website, check out our conference schedule, see us all over the U.S. and in Europe and in Asia and in Australia. See you there. All right, Mark. So we're on this um, somewhat longer than I thought. This ladder, this responsibility ladder, is really Really tall. tall. It's tall and has lots of steps. And I probably should have said something at the top of the uh, of our guidance here. A lot of the concepts we're talking about here are not specific only to teaching decision-making. The responsibility ladder has been associated with decision-making, the ability to earn the right to make decisions versus be a part of a team and take care of tasks for a long time. But the responsibility ladder of tasks to projects and doing individual work as opposed to making decisions, um, that growth in one's responsibility does not have to be applied only to decision-making. However, in management science, it was first really sort of introduced relative to decision-making. And so in my head, they're connected. But even if you're not trying to teach the act of decision making, which throws in all kinds of other sciences and so on, and probabilistic things and well, scenario planning and everything else, you can still use the underlying tenets of this guidance all the time. And I say that because we're about to talk about assigning research tasks, and you could certainly do this for something unrelated to making a decision, part of which making a decision, of course, is doing the research to know what you need to know. So if you hear us talking and you, you feel like there's, there's two parts to this cast, the latter and decision-making, you're absolutely right. So once our direct has shown she can handle tasks effectively, we've assigned some tasks, we decided the task, we assigned it, and then we want them to grow. We want to constantly expand what people can do for us. We're managers are responsible for present productivity and the growth of that productivity asset. So the company continue to be more productive. Um, because I, as I've said many, many times, folks, your company doesn't want to hire more people when it grows. It wants to grow its, if you'll pardon the expression, its revenues without hiring more people. We don't want to do that in an unsustainable way. But the ideal way, if the company grows by 10%, it's almost always bad if the employee base grows by 10%. We want the employee base to grow somewhat less than that. This is probably too political a statement, but organizations are not job creation engines. They're productivity engines uh, and they're service to society engines. But again, once a director shown they can handle the task, it's time to start asking them 
to do research, uh, to, to be make decisions regarding the factors involved in planning and decisions and so on. Now, just, just to be clear, a direct who handles tasks effectively is one who accomplishes the task, and let's hope it's a deliverable, meets the quality standard for the deliverable, meets the deadline, is appropriately self-sufficient doing that, and communicates around the task itself, which would include the deadline, for instance, or the deadline being at risk. If a direct's doing that consistently, we can group tasks together by giving them general guidance about research that needs to be done. In the event here, we're talking about building up their ability to make decisions. The typical way most managers do this, handle this kind of assignment, whether it's, again, research or any other sort of grouping of work, is to expect the direct to figure out what they're going to do and let them do it. And the idea behind this is, hey, let's help them be autonomous. Autonomy is, is, a, is a critical thing, okay? But look, that's fine for somebody who's proven the ability to get tasks and projects done both efficiently and effectively. But a lot of managers miss this. I certainly missed it when I was a young manager. I was, I mean, I didn't even know that this stuff existed um, 30 years ago. There's a step in between tasks and projects that a lot of managers miss. And if you miss it and you go too far toward autonomy after you've been assigning individual tasks and you say, okay, she can handle tasks and now I'll give her an entire project, you won't have the kind of insight you need into the kinds of uh, problems that are occurring. You're going to spend a lot of time diagnosing failures. You're not going to have insight into what your directs are doing because just because they can handle the task, and we don't mean to be disrespectful here, um, but we all went through this and periodically we need to be reminded of how to help young professionals become experienced professionals. If they don't know how to create tasks on their own and link them together, when you start looking at the status of their project and, the, and where they are, you're going to discover you don't know. You're going to get a sense that, well, things aren't going well. And when you ask questions, because they don't know a lot, they're going to struggle to explain what's happened. You, and you, you won't have visibility into the details. Now, for the record, guys, this, this is not micromanagement. Okay, and we'll come back, I'll come back to that in a second. The step that's often missing between handling tasks and for ease of use, I'm going to say, and managing projects is the ability to create measurable tasks that effectively allow you to complete a project. And in this step on the ladder, we're not going to define the specific task the direct has to do when we're talking about task management, our direct is going to have to do this, okay? Now, let me, let me just come back to the whole micromanaging thing, okay? I think what I said was we, we need some visibility. If we're not careful and we don't make sure the direct knows how to put together tasks in order and figure out dependencies, and I'm not talking about high-level project management science, but just the ability to put 100 tasks together to create an outcome that's worthwhile and manage all those tasks, it is incorrect to suggest that a manager who asks for visibility into a direct task is somehow micromanaging. Guys, it's just not. Yes, directs want autonomy, and we want them to have it because autonomy is an important part of how people are made effective, at least humans, okay? 
But this visibility is not micromanaging, okay? The manager's responsible to know. If you can't answer questions from your boss about how your direct is doing and where she is on a given project or why she's your best direct uh, and this other guy over here, he's not as good. If you can't answer that, you're not doing your job. So therefore, you need some visibility. This is what we're talking about here. It's not micromanaging. It's a form of organizational taxation is what it is. And I've talked about this for years, sort of in all kinds of conversations. I don't think I've ever mentioned it in the cast. It's organizational taxation in the form of communication, in the form of human resource management, in the form of succession planning, if you will, that I'm keeping track of how good this direct is at what he or she is doing. And like it or not, folks, all of us, when we join an organization, spend some time doing some things that benefit the organization, don't necessarily benefit the accomplishment of a task, but are necessary to keep the organization running. And we'll do more guidance about this later, but the the best example I can always think of is the software development manager who asked the the developer, "Hey, uh, I need you to, you know, give me a status update." And the, the developer looks at the manager and goes, "What do you want me to do? Do you want me to do my work, or do you want me to create a report?" And of course, the the joke is the ans- the manager says, "Yes." meaning you're obligated to do both. We are not, when we join organizations, we are not unconnected individuals without responsibility for one another. Another way to think of this is work that is done by an individual, which is complete and let's say it's satisfactory, but which is not communicated to others as having been done, is considered not done by the organization. So when that software developer God bless him, says, well, you know, I don't want to report on my stuff. I don't want to update the status or whatever. Him thinking his work is done, he's mistaken. It's not done. Work isn't done until you've reported to other people. Why? Because if the other people don't know the work is done, your work can't be combined with theirs to lead to the kind of value that the organization promises its customers. So there is an inherent amount of taxation that occurs in organizations that we all have to be willing to do for directs what it is is the reporting of in in a useful way to managers on status and projects and tasks and so on now if you ask me what what is the right amount of taxation i would say i don't know i will tell you that bureaucracies have taxation of above 50 percent which is why so many people don't like bureaucracies Small startups have a much lower level of organizational taxation. Let's say it's 15 to 20%. You're free to do what you want, and there's not a lot of people to keep in the loop, and you can talk to everybody sitting around in the open space that you use in your, for your scrum meetings. The problem is, for small companies, is they start out at 15%. Everybody kind of likes that. They like to be able to do their own thing. They don't like having to spend time letting other people know what they're doing. But then suddenly, the small companies become a medium-sized company. And when there are more people, you have a greater responsibility to communicate. It takes more work to communicate. And the end result, of course, is that um, small companies fail because when they grow, they don't know how to manage. And this is all part of management. I think your perspective on taxation is an interesting one. I hadn't really thought of that before. You've mentioned it, but I haven't thought about it in a great deal of detail. And I know there are people listening. We get into this kind of detail about walking people through these steps and responsibilities yeah. ladder that they're thinking micromanagement, which 
frankly drives me crazy because not doing this to me is simply an abdication of your responsibilities it as, is. as a manager, right? I mean, just think you, you, you mentioned several things relative to putting a plan together, right? You got to break the projects into tasks, which, which yep. sometimes for some people, look at people don't know that intuitively, right? That there is some skill involved and some, some learning in terms of how to do that effectively. You have to understand the dependencies between those tasks. You have to understand the resources required, what resources are available. Then you have to align those tasks on a timeline based on time and the resources available. And then you got to execute and monitor the plan. And then you got to continue to replan based upon the, the things that always happen, right? The plan breaks down always. And then you have to communicate the status yeah. of it to everybody involved. There's a lot of steps there. With a whole bunch of direct saying to you, I just want to do my work. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, sure, start your own company and do your own work. Right. The moment you join an organization, there's stuff. That's right. And people don't learn that stuff by going and getting a project management book and sticking it under their pillow at night, right? They learn yeah. it by doing it and then measuring the results. That's how you learn anything, right? You do things, you measure. And guess what? As a manager, it's your responsibility. And the only way to do it is to walk people through it and go do it in detail and measure it and give them constant feedback, right? That's how they yep. learn how to do that stuff. And to be fair, there's another, there is another way. You could assume that one of your directs can do all of this. She's a professional. She's sharp. I heard her. Mm -hmm. You know, she went to Oxford. She went to, to Cal, you know, super smart. Okay. So just give them the whole kit and caboodle. The direct will say, wow, you trust me. I have all this autonomy. But then... When the majority of your folks fail, now you end up having to take away responsibilities to drill down to the level that they can handle. And now you're in a regressive relationship with your direct rather than a progressive one. That's right. So you, you try to do something good, make them feel better, whatever, and it ends up creating a bunch of pain. Look, at that stuff works. I mean, you can do it that way because most managers do. That's what yeah. most managers do. So not everybody's doing manager tool stuff. And and so, yeah, there's a lot of people who can manage projects and they learn by themselves, but it took them 10 years or it took them yeah. 20 years or they never, or, you know, in most cases, people will never learn it. And when they didn't learn it, the manager was flummoxed and could not, she or he could not figure out what was wrong. And there was a, there was a damaging of the relationship because too many managers don't understand that your relationship with your direct is completely separate from their performance, that you can have a great relationship with a direct who is either average performer, super performer, or struggling performer. That underlying relationship allows you the trust to ask them to say, okay, this is where you need to be. And if you're not doing it, we need to talk about that. And I trust you enough to be candid with you. Um, you and Mike, you and I just talked about this relative to the pinch crunch model. And too many managers give too many directs. We're, we're not suggesting the complete opposite. We're helping you understand how the responsibility ladder works. But too many managers give too much autonomy right away and then wonder why not only aren't things getting done, but they can't figure out why they aren't getting done. And the direct can't explain why things aren't getting done. Yeah. And look, for those of you who are listening who are still rebelling and thinking that this is micromanaging, just consider two alternative realities. One is you go through this as painful as it might be for you because you think you're pinching on one of your directs. They learn this stuff and think about what their career looks like 20 years in the future as a result of knowing how to do this effectively. Then think the other alternative, which is engaging your preferences, not to have a little bit of conflict or to pinch your folks a little bit and then not teaching this and then look at what their career looks like 20 years from now. And you tell and tell me which one of, of those scenarios do you think is the more caring manager? Yeah. 
Or, or think of think of it this way: if you just let your directs do it the way they want, just total autonomy, that's fine. But they have not ever learned. Let's say they're an individual contributor. You then promote them to manager, and they don't know that this responsibility ladder exists, and they have people working for them who are not as good as them. Now, they don't have the skill to fix the problem that comes up when one of their directs didn't have their ability. This is why a lot of managers say that first management job is the hardest. And the reason why is because a manager is managing somebody who may not want to grow in terms of managerial or or organizational authority. And the manager has never been given the skills to manage that individual person. So. Okay, so this is one of those little burrs under our saddle in terms of the the pushback on micromanagement. I'm sure I'm going to get some emails saying we're too long-winded and so on. And And folks, send those to Mark. He's the right guy to send them to. (laughs) I apologize for that. And and if I could figure out a way to teach everybody everything they need to know about management in a few hours, I would. And, of course, the other side of the coin, since I'll I'll share the old dark mark from 10 years ago. If I'm a little long-winded, you have his choice. You can just turn me off. So sad. <laughs> I know. I feel, I feel terrible about it. Look, there are basically two ways to go about this step between tasks and projects. One, we direct that the first step of the research part of the process is to present us with their plan for approval and tell them their plan includes measurable deliverables. What are you going to do? When are you going to do it by? Who's going to do it besides just you? Okay. Or secondly, we only ask that they create the plan and publish it so that we have visibility into it, okay? Now, should be pretty obvious. For a relatively inexperienced direct, we may want to start by first assigning them the responsibility of creating a plan or a series of tasks for us to approve it. Once we've seen and we've approved the task list, they can start working on the research or, again, whatever work we've assigned them. One of the problems, though, with project plans is that if they're going to go much longer than two months, it's unlikely that an inexperienced professional can figure out all the dependencies and factors to plan tasks for months three, four, five, and six. What's interesting about that is that's fine because almost nobody is good at that, okay? Ask your direct for the first two months of a plan or even less say look i know you're it's a three-month project or it's going to take three months all this stuff just give me the first month okay what do you think you need to be doing in the first month now i have to tell you i've probably done this 50 times in my career with my directs i've seen it done thousands of times and the primary response that you get from managers when you ask a direct who has proven they can handle tasks on their own and then ask them to put together a project, a series of tasks connected with visibility is utter shock at the insanity of the tasks and the connectivity and the dependency and so on. It's like a moment of Seinfeld where, where Kramer went to work and his boss said after he put together a report, I'm, I'm sure I can read this. Um, it, it's so bad. Okay, so keep that in mind. Regardless about that, though, in addition to getting our approval, okay, and you may choose to let them do it on their own without approval before they publish it, or you could just let them publish it. Part of the process is them providing visibility to us as their manager into the progress of their research or their other project. The simplest one for most managers 
is the direct responsibility for regular reporting. And if you don't know it yet, folks, we should be famous for this. Regular reporting is weekly. They'll allow no project to have reporting less than weekly. It will absolutely go off the rails. And that also drills down into tasks. Don't assign tasks longer than a week because they won't get done. Uh, and they're not. And that task that takes longer than a week is not a task. It's a series of tasks. But look, if you're going to report weekly, it could be as easy as a weekly email. Give me your status. Or it could be a verbal report during a manager tools one-on-one. This really actually isn't transparency, but it is oversight, which we probably haven't said this before, which is what transparency in a project is designed to provide to the manager. I'm actually not as big a fan of transparency as most people are. But look, there are other ways to achieve transparency or oversight as well. And different directs and different managers will choose different ways, different vehicles to achieve the necessary oversight and or visibility into the larger team's work. You could create a shared OmniFocus account or use some other task or project management application or app. You can share by email a spreadsheet back and forth between people. You can use Google Sheets online. You can use Smartsheet which is an online collaborative and task and project management tool. They all work and different features of them create different benefits for different users and so on. But regardless of the form of our transparency or oversight, we're not doing our jobs as managers if we don't practice some form of oversight of the direct's work. If we believe they can handle it, then we don't need to approve their plan. We don't, okay? If you think they're ready, say, hey, come up with a plan. But just because you don't have to approve the plan doesn't mean they don't have an obligation to you to allow you visibility into their status. And by the way, for the most part, I generally believe that posting status to a website is not visibility because, um, well, no, it's visibility, but it is not oversight in the sense that the manager has to go look. Right. And if you're going to be a proactive communicator, it's not just put them on the website. You'd have to say, okay, boss, I've updated the status. And then the manager could say, okay, I'll go look. Or, hey, status is there anytime you want to look. And when status changes, I'll let you know. And I can just see all the software. I can see all the software developers' heads exploding right now. Dudes, if you, if you think you send your, your, your boss an email that says, hey, the project status has been updated, it's on the website, Go look. If yeah. you think that 50% of the time, over 50% of the time, they're going to actually look at it, you are, you're smoking dope. Yeah. But more importantly, if you think even just the idea that that email is enough is ludicrous. Right. You don't send an email saying, I've updated status. It's almost as if you say, you're saying, I know the status and you don't, and I'm going to make you go look. Why not put in the email, we're green, we have a couple of issues here and here and here and here, and I'm working on this, and I'll get more to you in the next 24 hours. Dude, that's exactly what I would do. If, if I were green, I'd absolutely put that in the email. If I was red, I'd be like, yeah. It's been updated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go go check it out. Which, of course, makes it easy for me. If you don't say you're green, I know you're red. And I'm oh, yeah, but you're a smart manager. So, yeah. So, again, directs still need to engage in the necessary reporting. Call it transparency. Call it visibility. Call it the ability for managers to provide oversight. It may feel like micromanagement, guys, 
but really this is just an organizational tax. There are no places you can work where there is no organizational tax. There is no place where you can work where you get to do your own work all by yourself and you don't get to communicate with other people. And when you're teaching an inexperienced professional how to go from delivering tasks, actually finishing deliverables and putting together projects. You've got to oversee their development of the tasks, the connection of the tasks and so on. And you can either do that by asking to approve the plan or by asking for visibility for those people who are more effective. Okay. So we're, yeah, somewhere around 26 minutes or so. I think the next one is going to be long. So we should probably, um, do that next week. Um, and folks, just so you know, if you thought this was a bad one, this made if this cast made you uncomfortable, next week we're gonna talk about always keeping them at distress levels. That's right. Yes. Always having your directs in distress. That should be fun. Yeah, Mike, this is the first time this has happened. I actually went online to check the definition of a word while I was writing. I had tweeted something about this cast. And somebody challenged it, and I got into a four or five tweet exchange with someone. It's my first, as I recall, Twitter exchange with someone. Someone said that managers should be responsible for employees' happiness, and you know my you know my feeling on that one. I didn't see it. I can't. I can't believe I didn't see the exchange. It was. It was fun. When we're done, I'm going to go look because I'm sure that was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, partner. See y'all next week. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want the how-tos of management wherever you are, check out the free Manager Tools mobile app. It's available on both iOS and Android devices. Go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Manager Tools app. Just search for Manager Tools in the respective store or go to the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com, and you'll find the links on the bottom of the homepage. Once you've installed the Manager Tools app, you'll have access to all the Manager Tools and Career Tools shows anytime, anywhere you want. With easy searching of podcasts by category, using the map of the universe, or using built-in search functions, it couldn't be easier. Additionally, if you're a Manager Tools personal licensee, you'll have easy access to all the show notes right from the app whenever you want. Go to the App Store and download the Manager Tools mobile app. You'll be happy you did. <laughs>